Welcome to the Bar Hacks Podcast. Engaging interviews, plus tips and strategies to navigate your bar or restaurant business towards sustainable success. Now, here's your host, hospitality industry veteran, journalist, and editor, David Klempt. Welcome back to the Bar Hacks Podcast. We have a huge guest today. We have Joe Montaniel from Seven Rooms. How's it going, Joe? Going good to be back on with you, David. How you, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Vegas is uh, supposed to return somewhat to normal, maybe uh, starting next month. And I know you're in Brooklyn, so how's Brooklyn going? It's everywhere far from normal right now, and hopefully we'll get back here sooner. But uh, you know, we're we're fighting through in the New York way, so hopefully we'll return soon. Definitely a fighting city, and it's good to see you. You look good. Thanks. Look healthy. Like us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'm sure people know exactly who you are. They know Seven Rooms, but if you'd like to uh, maybe share some details about your journey into hospitality with Seven Rooms and then really what Seven Rooms can do, because I think people see a build as a reservation system and it's a lot more than that. Yeah, uh, especially more recently, I, I think it's it's coming to life and and uh, helping operators in ways that you know we only dreamed about when we first started. So you know, we, Seven Rooms, you know, for folks who haven't heard about us before, uh, we're really a platform that helps hospitality operators make their guests feel at home. You know, if you think about what a hospitality operator wants to do, they want to make people feel special. They want to understand all the little things. And then if you think about what guests want, you know, if you think about the best experience you've had, it's when you felt like a regular, when the restaurant remembered or the bar remembered what, what mattered to you. And so we're all about making that happen and making better service easier. So when we started the company, when we looked at the systems that hospitality offers were using to run their business, uh, we saw one thing missing. And that one thing missing was guest data. And we really scratched our heads because we said, well, this is the hospitality industry. Shouldn't they want to know who their guests are? And shouldn't the systems they're using, in fact, tell them who their guests are? And so... Uh, we started 10 years ago, really on that journey to help operators understand their guests. And then we thought that that could transform their ability to provide service. And then now fast forward many years later to also market to guests, to be able to offer different you know, services or packages online to guests in a much more personalized, tailored manner. Yeah, I think people are going to find that interesting that you can go from reservation to guest experience, but you can basically immediately when their visit is done, start an entire marketing campaign. Yeah, it's interesting. We, we found that, you know, in many other industries, all of this had been done before, but for whatever reason in the hospitality industry, none of these dots had been connected. And so, you know, if you take our online ordering today uh, or e-commerce, you know, think about ourselves when we've been at home, all of us have ordered off of Amazon. And Amazon is starting to remember what we like, starting to market what we like. Every time, every day I go into my bathroom, I see my Alexa screen and it's showing me the order, the things I've ordered. And so for whatever reason though, that hasn't happened in restaurants and it hasn't happened the way that it should. It's really been dominated by third-party companies that are marketing to guests. And so what we said is, if we can help operators understand their guests and own their data, how could we then use that for marketing? And so more specifically, uh, if David has been to the restaurant before, and you haven't been back in 30 days, we can have the system market to you automatically about the, you know, the quesadilla that you love, or the tzatziki, if you're the Greek restaurant that you love. And then more recently, we turned on online ordering, which we can talk more about, 
And so if you haven't ordered from the restaurant directly in 30 days, we can market to you a complimentary tzatziki to come back and order again. So it's really built to drive repeat business automatically, but do it in a way that's personalized for every single consumer. The operator can customize how they want marketing to work, I assume. Yeah, they can customize it. And one of the things we learned was actually to make it feel like it's coming from a person and to make it feel personalized. And so a lot of marketing historically, you know, we've seen a lot of restaurants or bars send out a email blast and, you know, it's about maybe a brunch that maybe someone doesn't even live nearby the area I should even be thinking about. And what we thought was, well, shouldn't you be marketing your brunch to people that go to your brunch? And then what if you could market your champagne, uh, your brunch champagne to people that go to brunch and order champagne? Wouldn't that make a ton of sense? And so we started helping operators personalize their campaigns to take what they were doing or maybe weren't doing and do it in a way that was actually leveraging the data yet still felt really personalized to to the customer. What can the average operator expect their initial investment to be? And do you have a, like a package that the average operator tends to pick up? Yeah, so the average investment is roughly $500 to get started with us. It's the setup and the training. And then anywhere from 250 to roughly $500 on average per month. There are some packages that uh, have additional capabilities that the operator wants. We look at everything importantly. You know, we're in business to support the operator. We're really partners with you. And our job is to actually help you create better experiences for your guests, to make service easier, and then also to help you make more revenue and more profit. And so every customer of ours that's using the platform, we're thinking every single day, how do we help them make more money? How do we help them get more guests in? And the platform is actually designed to do it. So, you know, with our recent online ordering product, we thought that we could actually help restaurants that had to now do pickup and delivery and really only rely on it. We thought we could come up with a product that was commission-free. So instead of having to pay 30% on every single delivery order, we said, hey, what if it could be zero and the operator just paid $250 a month and then they could also use the marketing tool. So effectively, David can come to the website of the restaurant the bar, order your delivery. There's no commission on it. So the bar or restaurant's not making a ton more money. And then David gets dropped into the marketing database. And if David hasn't ordered in, in 30 days, David gets a very personalized looking email to come and order again and then and can easily do so. So we're finding some of our partners, some of our operators, every month we're saving or making them tens of thousands of dollars and they're only paying $250. And that's something we feel really good about right now, especially given how tight dollars are and how everyone's working so hard for everything. I recall reading that you had put a pause on some fees or you had helped operators in other ways. Yeah. So last year, you know, it was really tough for the industry because everything happened pretty much overnight. I remember beginning of March, we kind of were reading about things and all of a sudden overnight seemed like someone flipped the switch and everything was turned off. And so we needed to do a couple of things. We knew we wanted to support our operators in the industry in whichever way we could. And we thought we could do it in terms of technology that could help them during the time period and after, and then also subsidize fees. So last year, we ended up subsidizing over $10 million of our fees for our partners because we said, you know, you're our customer at the end of the day. We want to see you survive this. We want to see you be successful. And we're investing in you to help you get through this. 
And it was a tough decision, obviously, because, you know, it was dollars out of our pocket, ultimately, too. Uh, however, you know, when we looked at everything, we said we need to do everything absolutely possible under our power uh, to help restaurants at this time, because they are our partners and help the industry. Super impressive. I love that you did that. And another module that I like, I don't know if you call them modules or features, but I like this direct delivery module, which also is helping operators. And I know that's somewhat new. Can you explain that to the audience? Yeah. So for audience members, if you think about when you want to order delivery, oftentimes you're thinking to go to the app, uh, the third-party delivery app. So Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash. And uh, most consumers don't know this, but they, but the third-party delivery apps charge 30% commission. So if you order $50 worth of food, that restaurant or bar or operator is paying $15 to that third-party app. Now, that's okay if that happens the first time or it's a first-time customer. But if you think about our own habits, oftentimes you're ordering from the same place. So someone who's ordering for the 10th time or the 11th time or the 12th time or the 100th time, that restaurant or bar operator is paying $15 every single time. And so what we thought was, well, what if we could get the customer to order directly from the restaurant? And not everyone's going to do that because people still like convenience and people are still going to use the apps. But if someone is coming to the restaurant's website, if someone Google searches them, if someone's on their Facebook or Instagram page, why does the restaurant have to pay for those orders? And so we built a direct delivery product where the restaurants could take those orders commission-free. And so instead of paying $15 net-net, they end up paying about $7. So on every $50 order, they're making $8 more to their bottom line. And then also they get to have, in this case, David, drop into their marketing database and we can create another $50 order automatically for them from David a month from now. I love that too, because we've been preaching at KRG that the minute you are giving control to a third party, that's not your data anymore. Whereas Seven Rooms is more than happy to share data. I, I believe Seven Rooms shares a lot of what you collect and you aren't taking it out of the hands of the operator. That's right. Our, our goal is to help them collect it, help them build it, and then help them leverage it for ways that are beneficial to their business, to the operator's business, as well as that turn into a better guest experience. And you know, we, we find actually one of the things that's interesting is 64% of consumers want to order directly from the restaurant. So six out of 10 people actually don't even want to go through the third party. They'd rather go direct. It's just a question of does the operator have the direct channel turned on? Or for instance, I cringe Sometimes operators are redirecting to third parties, and sometimes operators are marketing to their whole database, their new special, their thing coming up for the weekend, and it says order through these third-party delivery apps. And it's basically, you know, you're taking your best asset, which is your customers, and then you're renting them to someone else and paying for the privilege of doing business with them. So I think it's a, as much about just doing the little things that don't, they don't shoot themselves in the foot, get that set up properly, and then the rest will solve for itself in terms of... Uh, solving for the bottom line and the better guest experience. Hi there, just a quick message before we get you back to this episode. If you're looking to take your bar, restaurant, or hospitality business to the next level, I mean to profits of 12 to 15% or more, it's time to take action. Let's start creating your roadmap to success with our proprietary strategies, tools, resources that will inspire your team, activate your potential, and lead your hospitality brand to margins you never thought possible. Visit krghospitality.com right after this episode for more information. Now, back to the Bar Hacks podcast.
so when someone gets gets uh, seven rooms, they, they want to go at the platform. And I know you mentioned training the operator. How fast are they usually up and running with seven rooms? Yeah, so, you know, depends on what types of integrations the operator ha- wants and then also what type of point of sale they, they have. Uh, if they have a cloud-based point of sale, we can go as little as two weeks from start to finish. We can go faster, but that's just kind of the norm that we've seen. Sometimes, you know, as operators have been super busy, we know that they're putting out other fires. So typically about 14 days. Uh, if it's uh, an older version of point of sale, it can take 30 to 45 days. But once they're up, the value and the numbers are incredible. So we're seeing actually every single operator make their money back and then some within the first month. And we have operators that have generated, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in less than a year just by using the platform. And again, that's all money that's hitting your bottom line or the operator's bottom line. And you don't have to hire any additional staff. You don't have to have any expertise. Uh, if you're taking orders through third-party delivery, then it's a no-brainer to set to sign up with something like Seven Rooms because you not only get commission-free, but you also get the marketing automation that will drive people back to you directly. I'm fairly confident that you already know the answer to this. Uh, well, that I should know the answer to this, but every expert is saying that delivery and pickup aren't going anywhere. The Seven Rooms have the same outlook. Yeah, I think it's here to stay. You know, we had a, a lot of restaurants that were in the are in the fine dining category or Michelin starred and they didn't do delivery before. And once COVID hit, if they wanted to continue operating, that was their only choice. In talking to them, all of them have told me that they expect to continue to do delivery and pick up, uh, continue to offer it even once the world gets back to normal. So I think it will be uh, the new norm for consumers We've seen delivery and pickup explode. And even I think if, if anyone listening uh, thinks about their own personal habits, I think cooking and delivery and pickup are the norm now. And so, yeah, we expect it fully to be part of the everyday. And, and uh, what that means really for, for restaurants and operators is you have to figure out a way to enable those offerings in a seamless manner for each of your guests now, because that's what the guests are expecting you to do. So I believe it was back in August, Seven Rooms also identified what, the, what you called the four diner personas. And that was the safety savvy diner, the tech conscious contactless diner, the carefree diner, and the pickup patron. Do you expect uh, those identities to remain through 2021? Will there be maybe a fifth one? Or do you think it's going to be those four still? I think it will largely be those four still. And what will be interesting is to see how each persona shifts I think right now we're still living with the, you know, the safety savvy consumer in a lot of the markets is, is predominantly there. Uh, that's the one who is still ordering delivery pickup uh, on the whole. They're a little reluctant to go into restaurants. Uh, and if they do, they want the contactless, they want the mobile order and pay. So what's interesting though, is that as the world comes back to normal, that consumer will go away more and more. And we're hoping that they'll convert into the kind of carefree guest again. And we do think, you know, every from every report we've seen and every number we've seen, people are itching to go back out and spend money at restaurants and enjoy themselves. And I, I do think local, you know, kind of the cliche that everyone's talking about, about the staycations and local being the thing. I think restaurants and bars and you know, the, the establishments that are around will really, really benefit from that over the next couple of years. And for the audience who hasn't read the data, the carefree is the one who is going to visit a restaurant or bar, nightclub, pool, club, whatever they're available, whenever they are, the rules relax, they are the first person, the, the first person in line to, uh, to be there. 
I was visiting the seven room site and I saw the pop up about uh, boosting St. Patrick's Day profits and collecting guest data. Uh, what are your tips for succeeding this St. Patrick's Day or using that holiday to succeed in the future? So everyone's been cooped up in their houses and people want experiences. So you know, if you really, if we really think about what St. Patty's Day, it's a, it's a good reason to go out and be out with friends. And so people want experiences. And so what that means is if folks can create packages or St. St. Patty's Day experiences that you might offer anyways, but letting your guests know or letting your customers know that those are available, letting them pre-purchase or pre-buy them. Uh, so that's something that we've seen do tremendously well uh, for Valentine's Day. Even there were more packages than I've seen before. People are looking for those things. They've been at home. They haven't spent as much money in some cases as before. And so every single occasion or event enabling guests to select an experience that is more than just visiting, but offering them something that is going to enhance that experience and making it easy for them to buy it or purchase it. I have to ask what Seven Rooms has uh, planned for 2021. Yeah, we're really focused on doubling down on our commitment to operators as a platform. One of the things we've seen is there's been a lot of different technology throughout the years come about for operators. And, you know, they're so busy and there's so many things to think about. It's hard to implement another system or another system or another system. One benefit from COVID is all the rules have changed. Operators were forced to actually have to do things uh, in a different way. And I think everyone is looking at their technology and what's working, what's not working, who helped me, who didn't help me. And ultimately, we want to continue betting on that we can be a platform where operators can do more with less. So instead of just having an online ordering tool, because it's the same gas for delivery that is going to come into your restaurant, what about a platform that lets guests order delivery or pickup or do reservations or wait lists all at the same time? And then what about when the guest comes in understanding through a 360 degree view that David has been ordering delivery or pickup for the past three months? This is his first time back in the restaurant. So let's give him that complimentary to Ziki. And then from a marketing standpoint, the ability to use both now what you order at home, what you order in the restaurant to get you either to order again at home or to get you to come into the restaurant and have something special. So we're doubling down on our commitment to be a platform to help operators do more with less and have them provide a 360 degree view of each of their guests because it's the same guests coming through each of these different points. Before we go, you, you mentioned uh, that fine dining operations had to pivot and you saw them start embracing delivery, which they hadn't done before. Has there been a, a bit of data that you've seen that really has stood out to you as interesting that you think the operators listening might also find kind of fascinating? Yeah, I think pickup has been surprising. There have been way more consumers opting for pickup and that has really exploded. And I think that's driven by one, people wanting to actually go pick up the food and not rely on a third party person to deliver it. That's a safety thing, actually. I saw in the Wall Street Journal, 30% uh, of delivery drivers taste the food, which, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I made sure I looked twice at the box after eating that. And people want to get out of their house. And then I think also, for what it's worth, consumers are being more educated about the cost of third-party delivery for the restaurants. So pickup, I think that was one of the most surprising things we saw was how pickup really grew and, and how consumers are doing it because it checks some of the boxes and gets them out of their house. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time, Joel. I know you, you're all busy over at Seven Rooms, so it's, it's great that you were on here and it's great that I got to talk to you again and see you. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, David. Always a pleasure and look forward to hopefully at some point soon seeing you in person. Thank you for listening to the Bar Hacks podcast produced by KRG Hospitality and hosted by me, David Clement. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Follow us on Twitter at Ask Bar Hacks and Instagram at Bar Hacks. Talk to you soon.